Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spastiano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy? Dan, I'm doing great, and I got a request, or we got a request, uh, for a joke from one of our listeners, Miranda Michelle, very loyal listener, also had the either fortune or misfortune of having to work with me for a couple of years. So she's very used to my jokes, so she asked for a joke, so here it is. So, Dan, how do you catch an elephant? Catch an elephant? I have no idea. You, you you dig a deep hole, you fill it with ashes, and you you surround that that you surround it with peas, and then when an elephant comes to take the pea, you kick him in the ash hole. Jeez. <laughs> no, now, I have to give you some background too. That that joke was told to me in 1963 by my uncle Barney. It was the very first joke I ever remember hearing. And but now here's the, my uncle Barney's real name is Sebastiano. So There's, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Well, I, I see uh, that the name Sebastiano's humor has changed much in the last 60 years. You know, we always talk about uh, what you know, I, I said change much. What's old is new again. We have an old friend of the show, personal friend of both of ours on the line with us. Uh, I, I mentioned before we would not be where we were today without his support, his early support, and the popularity of his first appearance on the show. He is an educator, a wrestling videographer and historian, actor, and most importantly, and we'll get to we'll talk about this later, he is the commissioner of Virginia Championship Wrestling. We are joined by your friend of mine, Benny, on the line, George Pontos. George, thank you so much for being here. It is my pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me on here. And Dan, I'm going to return the compliment back in, a, in, in this way. You were so kind enough to take that interview and put it in writing and submit it yes. to Pro Wrestling Stories. And, and I literally, uh, a friend of mine reposted it just a couple of days ago on my Facebook uh, because her son, who is a dear friend, send it to her and she was like oh my god george this is amazing and i looked at it and it had 1700 uh, shares and that just is mind-boggling to me that that many people would would share our story and uh and it's all and it's thanks to you and because of that all of us have seen it i i have since your podcast uh i have done a podcast i was i think maybe a month ago and the gentleman is from Wales. And I'm like, how, do you, how did you hear about me? He said, oh, I read the uh, Pro Wrestling Stories article about you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It, it opened up all the doors as well. So I, it, it always amazes me. And it's something that I, I did my best to teach my students and my own children, that when you do good things for people, it comes back to you so many fold in so many incredible positive ways amen so that. thank you both guys Absolutely. i'm so grateful for, i'm so grateful for our friendship Likewise. very much so and uh I, I know the uh the entire exchange could have turned out better on your end george but i did appreciate the shout out to the show uh a couple months back uh in the ring when you confronted jerry 
which we'll get to, but you gave a shout out to the show about uh, promoting VCW and all the hard work you've done. So it's, it's like you said, everything comes around and, and it's awesome. And uh, we appreciate everything you've done for us. Uh, my pleasure. I'd love to answer some questions. Well, George, I guess the, the, the very first thing is uh, we, and I, unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. Dan is lucky enough to be there, but tell us about the upcoming show. Um, looks like, you know, from the notes that I have here, it's packed. It's, it's action packed. It's, you got, you got uh, a lot of great wrestlers on here. You got uh, Brian Hefner as the, the uh, referee. Um, tell us about that. You got a, 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 a Liberty Lottery. Uh, uh, no, you don't. You, that's, that's down the road. But you have a, a four-way dance for the BCW Heavyweight Championship. So tell us all about I, that. I sure will. Thank you so much for, for asking about it. Super excited. Uh, our show is actually this weekend, and, uh, and that's going to be on uh, April the 30th at our home, um, the Norfolk Masonic Temple, which is located on 7001 Granby Street. And for those near the area, that's literally right next to Granby High School. And it's such – well, both of you have been there. So you I've been there, yes. With, uh, with, uh, we'll verify that it is such a beautiful building inside. It really helps the ambience. It, it has that old-school uh, arena type of, of a setting, and, and we've been blessed in there with – with the stage, with the, with the ramp, with the lights. To, it really, really uh, makes us look uh, very professional, which we are, but it just really adds that extra, st- extra stamp, if you will, that normally you don't see when you do a show, say, at a high school gym. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We do them at my high school, uh, high school as well, but there's just, there's just a different vibe. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, yes. It's, you know, I, I was there once and I was very impressed. There is not a bad seat in the house. No, there isn't. Uh, of course, the, the, uh, speaking of that, we have ringside on the floor, which, uh, which by the way, I, I think we're very close to selling out. Uh, and anyone interested for tickets can go to vcwprowrestling.com and purchase tickets. And then, as you said, the arena, the, uh, auditorium style setting which are nice um, cushioned seats uh, it's no matter whether you're on top or uh, right there on the floor it's just a beautiful view but our main event is this four-way dance and uh based and i was not so hopefully uh hopefully uh, uh dan might uh, jump in here as well and talk a little bit about it i was away actually scouting um for always on the lookout for uh, all the wrestlers that we can bring to VCW. Our goal is to always have new and exciting talent that's out there to um, make sure the fans see the best upcoming talent and also some of the veterans. And so I was actually away, and we can talk about that where, where, where I was. But what, what's the old saying? When the cat's away, the mice will play. <laughs> it totally, totally got, from what I saw on the video, from what I heard, totally got out of control there. I had, I didn't do this, but Jerry Stefanichis, the um, director of operations, hired his body, Brandon Scott, to be the 
to be the special guest referee between Dirty Money and Ken Dixon, our heavyweight champion. And things just totally got out of control. Uh, the oh my gosh, the, the, uh, the Ron Mills got busted open. The uh, they had uh, Papa Don, and Papa Don and I have had our differences and continue to have them. But he's one heck of a talent and just really, really is someone that the people love to hate. And um, he inserted himself and. What we finally did, what we went along with it to do is now to have this four-way dance with all four of them vying for the heavyweight title. And then as soon as I heard about it, the first thing I did is I called Earl. Earl Hepner and I go way back and uh, asked about Brian. I mean, I remember when when Earl would bring Brian uh, Brian to the to the Norfolk Scope and over to Richmond with with uh, Jim Crockett Promotions and. He was a little baby, and of course, Brian Hepner has went on to become an amazing uh, referee, refereeing some of the main event matches uh, on on the big stage. And uh, thank God he was available. So uh, Brian and I spoke, and I made sure that Brian comes in, and he will be there uh, this Saturday to because I want to make sure that we have a clear and decisive winner in this match. And I, I know for a fact that Brian is the man that can do this job. Not that there's, there's anything wrong with Ron Mills, but he got, and it wasn't even his match. You know, he went in there trying to help and uh, look what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And, and you've did got, I, oh, no, go ahead, George, I'm sorry. Accurate. That's okay. Dan, did I describe it pretty accurately? Just like yeah, I said, all it, was, it was mayhem, as they would say, and the crowd ate up every second of it. And now you've got, What's I mean, arguably you're you know you don't want to say top talent because it almost you can't really say that without sounding like you're criticizing the rest of the roster. But you've got the your your four top guys, uh, including Papadon, who has a title already, the the Greek god they call him, and and his interactions with the crowd. Brandon Scott, multi-time champion, uh, Dirty Money, former champion. So you've got a lot of gold. And an experience with the gold in this match, and you went out of your way to get arguably one of the best referees in the business today to enforce the law. It sh- should be a heck of a heck of a main event. Very, very much. So. I'm really, I'm looking forward to the whole card. But this one, this one is going to definitely be a barn burner, as as we would say in the old days. <laughs> and then, and then we have a number one contenders match. This was supposed to happen uh, in in the past of uh, of having a. G- Speaking of former champions, uh, Gino Medina versus Sarrios de la Sarge. And uh, Gino wound up missing his uh, flight due to all these crazy uh, delays with, uh, you know, with, with the airplanes. And, and we didn't have the match. So as soon as we, I was able to rebook it, uh, I rebooked it and decided to really put that extra, extra I don't know if stress is the right word, but the, the, the extra uh, incentive on both of these guys to um, that whoever wins will get a title shot uh, of the Virginia uh, of, of our Liberty Lottery, which is July the 30th. And whoever uh, is the final winner in, the, in our main event will have to take on whoever wins between Gino and Lasarge. And this is, uh, and the two know each other very well. They've, they've wrestled uh, with each other. They've wrestled against each other. They've uh, uh, 
Ferrios is a big name over in Mexico. Of course, Gino uh, is, is, was born here, but Mexican heritage. So this is going to be a high-flying, high-action uh, match from beginning to end. And I'm super, super excited for this match as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you've then, got a lot. Go ahead, George. Because you, you, you still got a lot. You got a lot of good stuff on this card. This is a very stacked card. And I want to say, you talked about the crowd. Obviously, VCW, just like every other wrestling promotion, took, uh, was it about a 17, 16, 17-month hiatus because of COVID? And you've had packed houses ever since. And I, it's a testament to the product when you have such a loyal fan base that really it waited and with bated breath for, for your first moment and have just filled the house every show since, and every show has delivered big moments and you've really been at the heart of a lot of them. Uh, um, I thank you for the compliment. Thank you for the kind words. It's to the dedication of all the talent that, that come in and are equally appreciative that they're able to perform again in front of a live crowd. And you know, we always have that pep, pep talk at, uh, right before we, we go out. And, uh, and you can just see the excitement in their faces uh, that they're ready to come out and, and keep the, that crowd, you know, right at the edge of their seats. And one of the other things, of course, that I enjoy is, and I do my best, because I remember as a kid, uh, it's so difficult nowadays to, uh, to, to reach out and, and see the, see the, the, you know, the stars for, let's say, AEW or, or um, WWE, uh, as far as greeting them and meeting them, I make sure during that intermission that I can get as many of those guys out there so they can uh, mingle with the crowd and, and take pictures and shake hands. And as you know, we are very much a very family-friendly or oriented uh, promotion. And I want those little kids to be in awe and excited and go home and and tell all their friends how, how these wrestling stars were friendly with them and took pictures and, and everything else. So that's something that I take very pride in, but so do the wrestlers who come out to do that. They always enjoy that, that interaction with the fans. And speaking of great, great action, the, uh, the other match, of course, is, uh, is for the tag team titles. Uh, Desmond King and Isaiah Fraser versus the Pinky Society. And the winner of the, of, the, uh, of the that match will be declared the new VCW Tag Team Champions. And of course, there's an extra extra incentive here for Victor Griff. Uh, again, I didn't do this, but uh, I don't know what what the issue is between Victor and uh, and Stephaniches. But Stephaniches has made it very clear: if Victor Griff and Benjamin Banks, if that pinky society, if that pinky doesn't go up at the end with them wearing the belts, Stephanitis is going to fire Victor Griff. And Victor Griff is a personal friend of mine. When I had my my other stuff that happened with Jerry and the reason, and, and, and you know, they beat me up, who, when I looked up who came to my rescue, it was Victor Griff, it was Benjamin Banks, and so I am really, really rooting for Victor Griff to uh, to win this particular match, and and of course uh, Benjamin Banks. And I hope he and he and Banks work out because they've been having some issues here at the end, and uh, all at the instigating of uh, Stephanie's. So I hope they work their 
what you know their issues out and they come out a united team and and walk away with the belt so i'm definitely cheering for them i have no problem admitting that <laughs> on your podcast for everybody to hear i know i'm not supposed to take sides as the commissioner but i'm definitely taking sides on this one well we're we're supposed to be neutral as well george but uh ben is a good friend of mine uh, Victor Griff's one of my favorites, and I want nothing more than to see them win. They've gotten the short stick, especially after uh, allying themselves with you. And those guys are great. They're they're just a wonderful talent, and I hope to see it because you know it's actually funny. Uh, a couple episodes ago, Benny, we had Frank Parker on the show, uh, Frank, yeah. the 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 prodigy of Jimmy Valiant, and Frank Parker was one half of the very first VCW Tag Champions, so a hell of a lineage with those titles, and I hope to see them go around the waist of some more deserving guys this weekend. Yes, indeed. And speaking of not taking sides, uh, I'm going to admit again that I'm taking sides on this other match, and that's uh, Logan Easton LaRue versus Tim Spriggs. I purposely, after what happened with Logan and myself and, and him going literally after my grandson, my seven-year-old grandson, and ca- calling me an old man, uh, calling names uh, to my grandson, and God God bless, God bless uh, <laughs> uh, his big opponent there that uh, we brought in from AEW, who, uh, who helped to, uh, to put Logan in this place. And I'll leave it to you, Dan, to say who, who was it that defeated Logan? And so because of how he, uh, he took care of this uh, and because of what Logan said about me and my grandson, I, when I found out that uh, Tim Spriggs was available and here we are, you know, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu champ, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, can't, I can't fight Logan, but this guy can really teach him a lesson. So Logan is tough. Logan, they don't call him the Mr. 1% for nothing, but but I know that Tim is going to bring it to him, and I'm going to be cheering for Tim all the way through this match. Oh yeah, and of course you're uh, you're referencing he Logan was one of several VCW stars to appear on AEW Dark when they were in the Chartway Arena here in Norfolk. Uh, but uh, you had the, I believe his they he they his nickname is the Premier Athlete, but uh, Tony Nice was the one that put Logan in his place for that one. So good mix up there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Heck of a match, too. That was a that was a great show. Uh, my wife and I were in attendance for for the AW here, and that was just a great show. And uh, along with you had um, Irvin Legend and Joe Keys, uh, several prominent VCW names got great reactions from the crowd when they wrestled for AW. So it was good to see. It, it really was neat to see that we uh, we work hard to make those connections with AW. It's uh, and with WWE as well, as you know, as both of you know, Brandon Scott has been on there. We've mm-hmm. had all the talent that has been on there, uh, and uh, we work hard to make those connections. And then when when they get the kind of reaction that they get from the crowd, it's just you know very rewarding that uh, and appreciative of the fact that hey, we know these guys, and now look at them that they're, they're on national TV. Absolutely. You know, I was hoping I want to kind of transition talking about the show into a question because you mentioned you were scouting one of the matches uh, the, the, uh, the uh, coming up this weekend uh, is you have uh, Boar. He's a relative newcomer to VCW against Devontis. And I bring up Boar specifically because 
the little one we bring to the shows. She's a huge fan of his. You talked about scouting. I was hoping you could kind of put us in the shoes of of how does one, for example, the the current VCW champion Ken Dixon. First time I ever saw him wrestle was in Maryland for Maryland Championship Wrestling. So if you want to bring in a talent like Boar or your Gino Medinas who wrestles now in, in MLW in Texas. What is the what is the kind of the process for someone like like you to go out and find talent and say, hey, come to VCW? Is it is it a recruiting or is it more they pitch themselves to you and you guys kind of pick who you want? It's honestly, uh, you know, giving giving a, a very clear and honest answer here. It's honestly a combination uh, of all the wrestlers making suggestions. Hey, I was on a card with this guy and I think and I think you need to look at him. In reality, it's exactly what Ric Flair did as the traveling NWA champion back then. Uh, he would, of course, uh, rep- represent the NWA title all over and defend it all over. But he also, it was unofficially, but in a way officially as well, he would come back and talk to Jim Crockett and he would say, hey, I, I saw this guy over here that you really need to look at. Hey, I saw... I saw this guy that looks like uh, like an Anderson, uh, and of course we're talking about Arn Anderson. And not only not only that, but he's a, a heck of a, of a of a of a talent as well. And so that that happens where all the wrestlers will make recommendation, and then uh, and then either try to find info about them on YouTube and see some of the matches. Uh, if they're working for a promotion that I'm friends with uh, the promoter. I'll reach out and get their feel on them. And then sometimes when events are happening, you know, I will travel and go and see live shows. Like with this last one, I was at uh, the NWA Jim Crockett Cup tournament, uh, that the pay-per-view that they had. Uh, and it happened to coincide with, uh, uh, with our show, but it was important for me to be there. And I was able definitely to see some talent there as well. So it's a combination Uh, and I'm open and not only from wrestlers, also I've had fans that have reached out to me, especially with Facebook and messenger. And they'll say, George, I just saw this talent over in New Jersey. I was visiting family and they had a show and uh, I don't know if you heard of him, but you know, I'd love to see him down here in VCW and I'm open to all suggestions. So I, you know, I will do, I, and I'll do that. And speaking of Boar, you mentioned him specifically. Here's a little uh, inside. When he was, oh gosh, about 10, 12 years old, I think, he was a little kid who was a fan in a place called Hampton, Virginia, Bingo Hall for VCW. So he went from being a, a little kid fan to now being one of our stars. How, how awesome is that? that? That is awesome. And uh, another special shout out on his end. Um, Boar's one of the graduates from the Chikara Wrestle Factory, which is a very hard school to, to get out of. And at the time, you would have, I mean, you would have had Mike Quackenbush, uh, Cla- I guess I can call him that again since he's not with them anymore, but Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, I mean, just phenomenal training. Uh, another name, by the way, uh, who's had a, had a great moment in VCW. One of my favorites was when you came out with that deal with uh, Ring of Honor and had the tag team title versus tag team title match. That was, uh, I believe it was, it was, it was Claudio Castagnoli and um, um, Chris Hero. 
who very good. Yeah. Well, I, I he wrestles now. Well, I guess at the time was, they'd be, they they oh would no. go on to become Cesaro and um, Cassius Ono, respectively. But that was laying down the law all those years back too, George. I I did not realize uh, Dan, you went back that far with us. That's that's so exciting. Uh, yes, we we had that we had that uh, that match took place over in Newport News at my old old Greek church that I was a member, uh, and and we were doing it as a fundraiser over there. And you'll appreciate this little side story. So I was so nervous. I was saying to all the guys, okay, yeah, this is my, I grew up in this church. This is my church. I need you guys besides going out there and and, and putting on a great show. You gotta watch your mouth. You gotta you know please don't do any cursing. And I'm, I'm sorry to say there was one person that let out a, a bad word, and that person was me. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, and it was it was uh, during that mo- that moment where we were talking about title for title uh, stipulation, which was the first. It had never uh, I, I, I made that announcement that way, but it was a true statement that, that had never happened before. We were able to get Ring of Honor to agree to let them put put the belts up against our belts, and that w- that was such an exciting moment. Definitely one of my personal you know highlights for my for my wrestling career, if you will. Absolutely. I when I when I was in the Navy before I was able to become a more regular ringside attendee, I always made sure to catch the the program when you had the old television time slot. Which, speaking of which, George, uh, VCW just announced they're going back to a an airing schedule. Uh, yes, um, I didn't realize we had we had made that announcement. I'll be honest with you. Oh. So, uh, well, I hope I didn't uh, spoil anything. Uh, the uh, uh, there was a, a and maybe a, what what are they what is that called a live stream with uh, a couple of the, the voices from VCW out there and. They mentioned it then, and then it came up again at the show last month. Uh, yeah, which remember I wasn't there. Yes, right. we are definitely we are definitely uh, working on a, situ- uh, a situation where the instead of putting our shows on on YouTube, that we will be able to um, have it to where almost the next day. Well, let's say by Monday, people will be able to see the entire match, match oh, the entire card. I'm just going to leave it at that. Of course, I, I, I didn't mean to, to jump the gun on that one. That's okay. That's okay. No worries. George, to those of, of the listeners who aren't familiar with the promotion, you have a very long-standing rivalry with the, the evil, fiendish cad, Jerry Stefanichis. Uh, tell everyone, when did that originate? I mean, it's still going strong, maybe stronger than ever, but when did that all start? Uh, yes, uh, it definitely is a very long rivalry, and it's definitely still going on. And it saddens me to an extent because, uh, in in full disclosure here, you know, we try to be as as honest as as we can. Uh, I grew up with his parents. We went to his mother and I went to. Speaking of the New Purdue Church, you know, that's where she's from. That's where I knew her. I knew her mom and dad very well. They were very. When I came to America, they were one of the families that kind of took us in under their wing and and would you know, show us the uh, American way of life, if you will. Uh, and, uh, and then his father went to the Newport News Church, that still does, here. So as you know, we got older, we would be on the same uh, Greek dances together. The, his father is actually an amazing uh, 
he was in a Greek band and, and we all just, you know, we always all hung out together. And, and, and I still do, let's be honest here. I still do with the, with the father and the mother. But uh, as Jerry grew up, uh, he he became overzealous with the with the wrestling, and I think I mentioned on, uh, on the last time you guys had me on that I introduced I was the one that introduced Jerry to VCW, and how does he thank me? Uh, he let it go to his head, and eventually uh, he <laughs> he uh, he just was never happy with the fact that I was the commissioner. And he was just managing and was trying to find ways to uh, to get the job from me. And then uh, the previous owner, Travis Bradshaw, wound up uh, being disenchanted with me. He just didn't think I was doing my job right. Uh, and uh, eventually I uh, there was a match where the whole stars put on hoods and they called themselves the Texas Hangman and they wrestled against. Uh, the set of uh, Jason and uh, and Lube, and uh, the, my job was on the line. And uh, they cheated. Um, poor uh, Jason had a busted leg, legit busted leg, and it was just a, a very difficult match for him to wrestle. They cheated, and I lost being the commissioner. And at that point, Travis appointed uh, Gremlina, as the commissioner, but Jerry still wanted my job and come forward. That, that was what I, the story that I just shared was probably like 2010, maybe uh, 11. Uh, and then uh, eventually Travis didn't think Gremlina was doing a good job. So he decided that he's going to uh, uh, let me wrestle for my job. And before, uh, before Travis could finish his sentence, Jerry jumps up and says, okay, I want to, I, I want to, I want a piece of this too. I want to be the commissioner. And so Travis made the decision of, uh, of having Jerry and the whole stars versus myself and the set. And if my team won, I would become the commissioner. And if his team won, he would become the commissioner. And I am proud to say at the Liberty lottery, lottery, 2012, uh, I was able to defeat Jerry uh, with, of course, the tremendous help of my team. It was an, an, a, really an amazing match. And, and uh, you know, my wrestling and Jerry's wrestling was minor in all truth because we're not wrestlers. But the other four guys, the, the high flying, the, the moves, it really is an excellent, excellent match. And it's on YouTube for anyone to, that wants to see it. And so that just just stuck in his crawl that, that I got my job back and he still didn't have it uh, as a commissioner. And we just bodied heads from that point on. And then fast forward to 2017 uh, when uh, he put his hands on me and I went to, uh, to fire him. But instead, we, just, uh, we had uh, a tag team match. It was Livid the Clown and myself versus Benjamin Banks and Jerry over at Hampton High School. And that that also was a big, big highlight for me because, and that's on YouTube as well, I definitely had my, my what I call my Roddy Piper moment in the sense that I had the school band bring me and live it out. 
and it, the whole thing just you know reminded me when Piper would come out of Madison Square Garden and and the bagpipes were playing and he's right there with them and it was just such a you know I have chills just talking about it right now and it was a great match packed packed house uh, and uh, I was victorious uh, we were victorious again and I thought okay okay you know finally we can just kind of let bygones be bygones but no. He finally decides he, he with with backing he he wound up purchasing uh, VCW from Travis, changed the name to Virginia Championship Wrestling, and as director of operations, the very first thing that he did he decided to give me what he called a, a performance review, only unbeknownst to me that he didn't he had no intentions of of really giving me a performance review which of course he it would have he would not have succeeded the fans know the hard work that I that I do and I'm thinking he's going to okay he's turned a new leaf here I had my family there to uh to see me um, show everyone that I I finally you know Jerry has turned a leaf here and he's going to congratulate me but instead, his henchmen from years before, the reason, uh, attacked me. And I was, I, I don't know where I was. I mean, I had, ribs were messed up. My, I had a concussion. It really, really, really did a job on me. I didn't return to VCW for about four months later. And when I came back, I was so fired up. I was going to. He was up on the stands, and I was ready to go up there and go after him. And, of course, what happens? Um, I get outsmarted. He brings out uh, Brandon Matheny, who is a real lawyer. You know, for anyone thinking, oh, you know, no. No, he, that, legitimately, he is a real lawyer. And he is Brand, our lawyer. Brandon Matheny, our, Esquire. Just ask him. He'll tell Esquire. you. Esquire. Yes. And so he's... He get, slaps a paper there on me saying I have to uh, I have to keep my distance my six feet away from from him and I am uh, hoping and waiting that we you know I've hired a lawyer to find a way to get out of this because I still want to get my hands on him. now it's become even more personal and I definitely want to want to find a way to get my hands on him and eventually eventually it's going to happen well you so did make it go ahead George that's, that's basically the, the story between us in, in a nutshell. And, and at the end, it still saddens me because his parents are amazing. He, he was a good kid. He's a grown man now, uh, married and about to have a, have a baby himself. So I'm hoping and praying that once fatherhood comes in, that he'll uh, mellow a little bit. Well, you did, uh, you did make an impact in your return. Craig, if I'm wrong, wasn't the, First thing you did when you came back from injury to put Ken Dixon in the match that he would end up winning the title in? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Very proud moment. And and look at what happened. You know, he represents us well and just such an amazing, amazing talent. He's been on Ring of Honor. He he really is uh, is very well known, not just on the independent circuit, but, you know, on television as well. And we're very, very proud that he's he is our heavyweight champion. 
George, I have to ask if we can pivot a little bit. I was thinking of how to do a transition, and I can't come up with one, so I'm just going to kind of roll into it. You talked about uh, being talent on the microphone. You and I had the chance, this was months back, to talk. You told me a story that I was really hoping you could tell again involving what was one of the hottest angles in the hottest periods of wrestling, which was the debut of Kane in his rivalry with the undertaker during what would, what was known as the attitude era in the WWF. And you were almost heavily involved in that. And you had a really good story about that. And I was kind of hoping you could tell everybody that that story, cause it's a doozy. I would love to. It's something that I've recently started sharing with people and quite honestly, uh, once, you know, the fans listening hear it, I'm sure there's going to be somebody out there that's like, like, yeah, right. Not like that happened. But I will swear on a stack of Bibles. It did happen. And here we go. When uh, and people can when you look at if you go on my Facebook and you or, or you YouTube me or Google me, you know, you'll see a lot of pictures and you'll see when I was younger, I had the black hair and the typical Greek mustache to the point that fan, uh, wrestling fans would stop me out on the street and say, you're Paul Bearer, aren't you? And I would be honest and I would say, no, I'm not Paul Bearer. You're Paul Bearer. No, I'm not Paul Bearer. Sometimes, honestly, Benny and Dan, it got to the point that I would just give up and I would say, yes, I am. You know, I was just trying to got me. lay low and, and I'd sign Paul Bearer on a piece of paper just to get them off my back because they were, they really thought I was lying and I didn't really want to be, I've never, as much as I've never been a bad guy. So I I didn't want to, you know, do that to them and disappoint them. But it got me thinking, well, wait a minute. If everybody thinks I look like Paul Barra, maybe, maybe there's something here. So at that time, well, I guess I need to pause the story for a second and say that JJ Dillon and I are, very, very, very dear friends in real life. And we go back many years back to the original. Well, back when he was wrestling here. But, you know, if we have time, I'd love to tell another story concerning JJ. And that has to do with the Jim Crockett top, the second one in Baltimore in 87. And so uh, because of that friendship with JJ at that time, uh, JJ was in charge of talent relations. He was the one that was hiring talent in the WWF. And so, uh, and so, and, and something that I preach to my students always is a never be afraid to ask a question. All you'll get is a no, or hopefully the yes that you're looking for. And B, uh, remember that in life, it's always who, you know, first, and then Prove what you know second to make that person who hired you uh, or recommended you look good that they did the right thing by recommending you. And so I called up the WW, uh, was it WW or WWF then? Uh, uh, WWF still then. F, yes. So I called up WWF. I got, uh, I got talent relations. I got, to, I got JJ. And this was the idea that I, that I pitched to him. This is what I had come up with. That uh, at this point, they had, uh, as, you, as we mentioned, Kane and Undertaker feuding. So the idea that I came up with was that I am really the real Paul Bearer, that the other guy, uh, Percy Pringle, the other guy who was Paul Bearer, 
was really my brother. He had me locked up in an insane asylum and now pretended to be me. And so Cain found me in the insane asylum, got me out, and I would manage Cain. And then we would have the feud between uh, between Cain and Undertaker, between the two pole bearers. And then eventually that would culminate uh, to uh, uh, a WrestleMania. And then at that point I would turn on Cain. And honestly, that's about as far as my thought process went. Because if they if they agreed to it, we would all come up with other other parts that we could we could build on, and if they didn't agree to it, then of course uh, you know there was no need to keep on coming up with other continuations of that storyline. Well, JJ loved it, took it from what from my understanding, uh, took it to Vince. He uh, he thought it was a good idea too, but as 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 we all know, timing is everything. And the timing was not on my side. Uh, this was recently after the steroid trials that that Vince had to uh, go through, and the millions and millions of dollars that were spent fighting fighting it. And during that time, not only were they not not, were they not hiring new talent? They were letting talents go, and they were cu- cutting everybody's salary. I mean, JJ saw a drastic, I think, if I remember right, almost a 60% uh, cut in his salary to the mm-hmm. point that, that he lost his house uh, and, and left. And of course, once, once JJ left, my, my true connection was gone and I never pursued it any further. So, uh, so uh, as I, when I tell the story, I, I, I always add in there, I was, and I'm holding my thumb and my pointed finger very close together. I was this close <laughs> to being the, the real pole bearer, but it was one of those that was not meant to be, but it's a great true story to tell. And I just shared it with everybody. You know, and, and at any other point in time, if that, you know, cause I, I read JJ's book. I think it's uh, wrestlers are like seagulls. Yeah. A very good book. And he mentioned that, that like he got such a drastic pay cut that he wound up not being able to afford that house in Connecticut that, that he was told to buy actually by the WWF. And, uh, but I mean, now that you've, cause I, I did not, I was not aware of that story, but I, I gotta think at any other point, they, I think Vince would have went for that. And I think that would, that would have been huge. Of course I'm biased, but I think so as well, because me and my love and my passion would and my, as you know, as you also may, uh, I think know, I have a theater background, an acting background. So you know, combining all of that, and and most important, the passion and the love for professional wrestling, I I know it it, it was money on the table. But you know, as as uh, uh, everything happens for a reason in life, and uh, I'm very grateful with where I am and in in life and. Uh, Part of me wonders, what if? But the other part of me is, I know how happy I am now, and it just wasn't meant to be. I know what you know. I I enjoy listening to different podcasts, uh, yours especially, and and some of the others out there with the uh, with the bigger names, and 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 I know you know, like Bruce will say on there with Conrad that hey, there's just so many ideas out there that you know we look at 
and we'll go with some and not go with the others. And then once we decide not to go with that other, then that's it. You know, it's gone. We've we got to focus on the one that we're working on now. So uh, the, what I know in my heart is that JJ liked it, pitched it to Vince. V- Vince liked it. And I'm happy with that. You know, how many people can say they've had that experience in their lives, right? <laughs> right. George, um, you you mentioned, and I absolutely love the the Young Rock TV show, and apparently you have you have a Dwayne Johnson story uh, related I, to that. I do, I do. I'd love to share that one as well. Thank you, thank you for yes. I definitely enjoy the show. It's very campy. I don't know how you guys feel about it. It's very campy, but uh, I think it's done tongue in cheek for a reason. And there's always that tug at your heart moment at the at the end and so i I really enjoy it a lot and then my personal connection uh, and the story that i'm going to share right now uh you know makes me love it even more so here we go um and so um years you know years ago when the fans would buy their wrestling tickets you were able to buy and of course uh, back in the 70s and 80s uh Jim Crockett Promotions, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, they would come uh, every second Thursday at the Norfolk Scope, and then once or twice a month at the Hampton Coliseum. And fans were able to buy the same seats. Uh, so, uh, so that's important to my story. So you knew, if you were looking for a friend, oh, I, I know, they're in the front row over here on the left last week, so they're going to be there again. You were just able to do that back then. And so I'm, I'm there and uh, we've talked at the, um, and I highly recommend those uh, who are listening to this podcast now that you go back and listen to the first, uh, Dan and Benny, what number was that? I meant to look it up and then I got sidetracked. It was number five, number four, the, the, the first podcast that we did together on your show. You know, I, I have to think about it off the top of my head. I want to say it's like seven, uh, six or seven. Um, but I'd have to look. Give me a second. Okay. I'm going to do that while, we, while you guys are talking. Okay, yes. Please please, please do it, that. It was episode nine, George. Okay. Nine. Mar- okay, March 9th, 2021. So uh, I highly recommend that the fans uh, Google that and, and find it and listen to it. Because in that one, I talk more specifically about my involvement with Jim Crockett Promotions. And... Uh, and that's part of that, this story as well. So without repeating it, so I'm right there, right on the floor, and I see this amazingly beautiful young lady, and uh, I had never noticed her before. So obviously she was new because if <laughs> if she if she wasn't, she would have been in, you know in the assigned seat, as I said. So and she had a little boy with her there, and so you know the old saying: if you want to get to a young lady that. Uh, you want her to like you and they have a child, you make sure the child likes you because if the child likes you, then they see that you're a nice person. Uh, so, and I've always, I've always uh, been able to, uh, ha- uh, to do like magic tricks on the fly and, and, and just be entertaining period. And so I started, we started talking, oh, you're new here. Yes, I am. Oh, very nice. Oh, hi son. How you doing? And you know, I'm doing little magic tricks, taking, taking a quarter out of his ear and he's laughing and smiling. And, uh, and, and, and I said, so you said you, you're, you're new, huh? So you, 
um, you've just recently came over here? And she said, yes, my husband and I and my son just recently uh, moved here and uh, he's working for Jim Crockett Promotions. And of course, I'm like, oh, man, husband. <laughs> well, I guess this is not going to go anywhere. And then she says, and as a matter of fact, he's in the ring right now. And I look and I see this chiseled Greek god looking uh, uh, wrestler with a mask on and tattoos on his chest. And back then, he, uh, he went by the name of, in our area, he went by the name of Ebony Diamond. And of course, I'm talking about <laughs> Rocky Johnson. The young lady was his wife that we see on Young Rock. And the little boy was not the, the Young Rock then. He was actually the pebble. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was flirting with his mom and I... And I did magic trip, uh, magic tricks uh, with uh, disappearing quarters and reappearing quarters to a young Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> or as I call the pebble. <laughs> How cool is that story? I, I think, in my opinion, I actually saw, I think it was maybe even the late 60s uh, in the old WWF, uh, there was a show called Capital Wrestling from the National Arena, and I yes. saw Rocky Johnson. I don't think he gets enough credit. He was actually an amazing talent. He really was. And, and you know, he, he had the look. He had the moves. I mean, he was, he was slow. And what I, I, I was a big fan of his. He was slow in the ring. It was, but I, I do have to admit that I recognized, because of Bill After magazines and George Napolitano magazines, uh, Ric Flair was the one that brought him to, uh, in storyline, I don't know if Ric Flair, you know, uh, back to the conversation we had earlier about scouting. I don't know if Rick actually saw, saw him and suggested him to Jim Crockett and David. But on TV, it was Ric Flair that introduced Ebony Diamond to us. And uh, I guess giving, giving him the rub because at, uh, at that point, Rick was a good guy. But as soon as I, as soon as I saw the, the, those tattoos on his chest, I recognized him immediately from the wrestling magazines. I'm like, oh, he's not Ebony Diamond, you know, as a fan now talking. Oh, he's not Ebony Diamond, he's so-and-so. <laughs> Speaking of Crockett, George, you, you hinted earlier you have a, a, some, a story from the Crockett Cup in Baltimore? I do, I do, and that one is definitely a, a one heck of a story. <laughs> so a very... Let's hear it. Okay. So a very, very dear friend of mine who is no longer with us, uh, Robert Riddick, uh, is, was um, a photographer for George Napolitano. Uh, now, I keep mentioning the name, so I want to make sure that fans are aware that pre-internet and pre-Google and pre-everything else, uh, we wrestling fans would find out what's happening in other wrestling uh, promotions and territories by buying the wrestling magazines that were, we call happily Bill After Mags, because Bill was not, uh, Bill was not the owner, but he was the face. He was the one that went to the matches and took the pictures and wrote the stories. And then George would be the, Napolitano would be the same thing. Uh, sort of like a Burger King and McDonald's, if you will. So George had his own magazine that he would take the pictures and write the stories and, and George and I 
became, uh, I met him one time at one of the shows over here uh, that he came to cover at the Scope, and we had a connection, and we, uh, we became good friends. And as a matter of fact, a little side note here, <laughs> uh, I, my, my beautiful wife, Joanne, is from Brooklyn, New York. Right. Uh, we, got, we got married up there uh, at the Greek church, and with me being such a videographer and, and recording everything, we hired a professional videographer to, uh, to film the wedding. And then I, while I'm inside the altar, we're, the, the, church, the, the service is going to start in about half an hour. I find out the videographer is stuck somewhere far away. He's not going to make it. I'm like, no, how can I not have my wedding <laughs> on video? And then out of the corner of my eye, thank God, I saw George. Uh, and George had literally flown. He told me later he flew in from Puerto Rico. He didn't have time. He lived near the church because he's from Brooklyn. And uh, he didn't have time to go home, change, and you know, put on a nice suit and tie to come to the wedding. So he just came straight from the airport to the church. And thank God he did because I saw George. And I, I told somebody because I couldn't go. I couldn't leave the altar, the, the back there. See that guy over there? Bring him in here. I said, George, this and this happened. I know you live five blocks from here. I, I need you to uh, videotape the, uh, the wedding for me. He's like, George, I've never been to a Greek wedding before. It's okay. Let me give you the steps. Boom, boom, and boom. These are the three things you need to cover. If you cover those, everything else, don't worry about. And he did, and he did an excellent job. So I can, I can say that George Napolitano, the famous wrestling photographer and magazine writer, videotaped my wedding <laughs> how cool story is that <laughs> that's awesome so uh so back to the original story here so uh bobby uh was a photographer and i was the one that introduced bobby to george and because george couldn't come down here every time and saw some of uh, bobby's work uh, he bobby became the official uh jim crockett promotions photographer for, for george napolitano's magazines so Bobby and I went up, to, actually Bobby and I went to the first Crockett Cup in Louisiana, and then we went to, to the second one. And all the way up there, I kept bragging to Bobby how J.J. Dillon and I are good friends, and, and J.J. this, and J.J. that, and Bobby's like, George, you and I are best friends. You, you don't have to brag like that. I'm like, Bobby, I'm not bragging, man. It's just, it's, it's true. I'm just happy, and I'm, I'm going to see him. Okay, sure, fine, whatever. So now, uh, fast forward to um, the first uh, the first night, and the first night was basically the eliminations of the, you know, of of the match of the matches to lead to the second night of who's going to be in the final uh, contention for the for the cup, and uh, JJ brings out I think it was Tali and, and Lex I don't remember to be honest. And I'm, I'm yelling, JJ, JJ, nothing. He's not responding. And Bobby's looking at me and laughing. We had, we, we literally had uh, front row seats. And that's another cool, quick side story as well. Uh, do either one of you recognize the name Gary Jester? No. Can't uh, say Gary that I do. Je that's okay. If you, if you Google him, you will. Uh, by trade, he was a... Uh, he was a lawyer, but he also was a promoter for Jim Crockett Promotions. He, he promoted Baltimore, and um, and you would see him uh, <laughs> when they have different storylines. You would see him on 
in, you know, like in, um, let's say they had like a board meeting type of a thing. You would see him there. Um, with He's very heavily involved with the Ring of Honor. And uh, by coincidence, we ran into, when we were at the first Crockett Cup, we ran into Gary and uh, and and started a connection and 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 we were talking <coughs> and through him uh thanks to gary because he he promoted baltimore he i had a, i had to buy the tickets he didn't give them to me free but but we got front row seats okay so that was that was that was really cool and so i'm yelling jj jj nothing bobby's looking at me and laughing like yeah see i told you you were making all that stuff george uh and uh so now the match finishes, JJ is leaving, I'm yelling again, nothing. So now I'm like, God, I can't believe this. Uh, the night is over, uh, everybody was hanging out at the Marriott, uh, we're, Bobby and I at the, at the bar there at the Marriott, and uh, you know, people start coming in, some of the wrestlers start coming in, and then comes JJ. And JJ, this is a true story, guys, JJ, and thank God Bobby was standing right next to me. JJ comes straight to me, and the first thing he says is, George, I'm sorry that I didn't respond when you were calling my name, but you know, I'm a bad guy, and I can't have the fans looking at me, and, and I'm waving at you and stuff like that. And, I'm, and inside, you know, I'm marking out big time, yes, 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 yes. Outside, I'm like, see, Bobby, I told you, man, you know. <laughs> and then it got a million times better after that. Uh, JJ came and sat at our table and because of JJ, not because of us, but because of JJ sitting at our table, all the wrestlers started coming over there. Ric Flair came over, uh, Jim Cornette came over, the, uh, the Midnight Express came over, Lex Luger came over. It was one of these pinch me, uh, let me keep on, uh, living this dream. I don't want to wake up if it is a dream. It was just such a magical magical night and then at the end um we uh uh it's two o'clock in the morning the bar is, is closing uh, and rick starts a congo line says okay everybody up to my room <laughs> and this is this is one of those stories that will not be told i'm gonna pause it right here <laughs> but uh when they uh, on one of the dvds that wwe did with rick they asked him Hey man, you've you've partied all over the place and you've done some great stuff uh, in and out of the ring. What would be, as far as outside, what would be one of the, your favorite memories? And he says, the uh, Jim Crockett, Baltimore, uh, cop. Very late at night. Well, I was there, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and you lived so to tell about it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, but the fact that what happened with JJ and apologizing and, and then uh, thanks to him, all the rest was coming over and we we're drinking, having drinks together and telling stories was just, you know, just that's where you count your blessings. That's when you say, thank you, God. I try to be a good person. Thank you for rewarding me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Benny, as we uh, wrap up tonight, any, any final thoughts? Well, Yes, because I'm nearing, I'm, I'm, I'm in the home stretch as far as a, a nine to five job and George is already retired, but George, it, it, it seems like you're busier now than you ever were. Is that true? It, it's very true. And I'm, and I'm very blessed 
uh, for that. I've heard, read, and everything else. I'm going to recommend it to you because I know you're you coming slowly to the the stretch here where you will be retiring to be active and to be busy because if not it's not good for you health wise so not only am i involved with the with the wrestling i'm also um i i too dan and benny because benny i didn't i didn't mention you but i read your articles all the time as well in pro wrestling stories and uh, man you've opened up my eyes and I, i've learned a lot that I did not know, and I thought I knew a lot of, in regards to wrestling. So thank you guys for oh, yeah. for doing it's, it. It's a pleasure to write those stories. Uh, and I too am a writer for the uh, local newspaper yes. here. It's called the Fla- the flagship. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'll brag a little bit now. I, I'm going to be uh, uh, what today's Wednesday that we're recording this. Uh, tomorrow Thursday. Uh, I'm, I'm interviewing Damian Priest for uh, WWE oh, wow. coming to nice. Hampton, yeah, Hampton Coliseum, I mean, Norfolk Scope here on, on May the 16th to give them a plug as well. So if anybody listened to this, if you were not aware, WWE is coming to town um, for a live Monday Night Raw, and that's going to be May the 16th at the Norfolk Scope. Uh, so I, I, I not only, I, I handle their uh, entertainment and their sports section. And I've been very blessed to um, interview a lot of, when the Broadway shows come to town, or I'll interview actors from those shows a couple of weeks in advance, like I'm doing here with Damien, to uh, help promote the the event. So that keeps me busy. And then the real blessing is uh, that our our grandson, Johnny Moody, who's seven years old, and loves, loves, loves wrestling. When we pass the Masonic Temple, uh, he'll say, Papu uh, is, the, is the Greek word for grandpa, Papu. He says, Papu, VCW, you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, when, and when we pass uh, the scope, Papu, WWE, you want to go? <laughs> so I, I, can't, I, I can't wait to, to take him to WWE and, and bring him to, to VCW coming up. So, um, so yes, that, so we pick them up after school every day. And, and this has been a recent, uh, love of his within the last six, seven months that he discovered wrestling and loves it. And my number one goal right now is to give him as many memories as I can in regards to wrestling. So that way when he's our age, he can talk about the time he met a Ric Flair or he met a. Uh, he met a Brandon Scott that went on to become a name and, and so on and so on. So that, that's how I've been keeping busy. So thank you for asking, Benny. Very, I, I'm, I'm truly very blessed and very humbled. It sure that sounds that way. That this great country has given me the opportunity, this little boy that came to America not speaking a word of English, and I still don't, I speak American, ha, 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 <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to live the dream and, and and be be happy. I am happy when I wake up every morning and, and I'm on this side of the ground. I say thank you, Jesus. I, it's it's humbling to hear you talk about it because you know with with as bad as things have gone for a lot of people over the recent years. You know, you, you told us the story last year when you were on the show. Uh, you know, literally as a child working in the brass factory with your dad and and. I mean, you, you're talking about dirt floor, literally, literally dirt floor poor, 
and scraping together and building, you know, coming over to America and building a family. I mean, you are the living embodiment of the American dream. And it's, it's just, it's like I said, it's humbling to hear you tell the story because so many people lose sight of the fact that it's, it's, that's what it's about. It's still possible. And, and to see someone like you, who's taken that and then gone into sharing your videos and education where you're spreading that with, you know, you could have easily just been a, a corner office guy and no one could hear this, the story of George, but you, you took out and you, you tell people the story and you, you, you talk about magic and teaching and all these things that are just socially involved and how many people that have benefited from that. It's just such, it's such a neat, experience to to hear the stories because it is like i said it's, it, i hate to use the word literally so many times but you are literally the american dream and i and i truly believe that i uh, thank you for uh, mentioning it again i truly believe that and that, that was something that i tried to impress on my students hey guys look at me you know i came here not speaking a, <laughs> a word of english at my end of the line there you guys should be able to dance around me you were born here you know the language the sky is the limit. As long as you're not afraid to to work uh, in America, you will either you will always either find a job or you can create your own job. And the other gift that I think I mentioned it last time that God gave me was to really work with kids at risk, those that you know the out the society sometimes calls outcasts and and don't want to give them the second chance. My philosophy has always been. You were somebody's baby when you were born and they loved you. I love you now unconditionally unless you give me a reason not to. You know, I'll never forget the principal always telling me, George, here's the folder and so and so. I need you to read it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I would never open it. I didn't want to know the bad stuff about them. If they're really bad, it's going to come out. And if they're if they're regular human beings, which all of us are, and as long as I show you that love and affection, you're going to give it back to me. And it and it worked every time. I, I gave that respect and, and they gave that respect back back to me. And I'm very fortunate and very blessed to uh, to now. They're grown people and they find me on Facebook and they reach out and they're like, Mr. Pontus, you, you, you were that father I never had. Mr. Pontus, uh, I don't remember some of, the stu- some of the history stuff you told us, but I remember that wrestling video you showed us. And I remember those jokes you used to tell. <laughs> and, and I'm just I'm very... Very blessed. Very blessed. Well, I mean, you have fans. There's friends of mine. You know, it, it, you're talking people in their in their 40s plus that see Commissioner George and oh man, that guy was my teacher all those years ago. And how they, you know, the impact you've had in the area. And you talked about your your grand entrance with the marching band coming out with you. And you could see you could see how much fun those kids were genuinely having, and they wouldn't have they wouldn't have been the same with somebody they didn't admire leading to the ring. And then, of course, obviously you going out there and kicking some butt, beating up that little weasel, Jerry. You know, you you got uh, you got your moments, and it's just awesome to hear. And it's it's really always been a pleasure to talk to you. I know you, I, I consider you a friend. You've been a friend of the show. We wouldn't still be here. I've said it before. If it wasn't for you. And I mean, Benny, we're on, we're coming up on our 70th episode and it's, it's humbling and you're just an awesome guy. I really can't express enough that, that people, and, and uh, you talked about the article, the success of the article. If it wasn't a great story, it wouldn't have gotten as far as it did either. No, a good writer, regardless of, of, of the credit you want to give me, if the, the story wasn't there, 
it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have worked. That's a, oof, oof, you gave me goosebumps. That's a, see, that shows that you're a good writer because you tied it all together <laughs> and a good storyteller. Uh, thank, thank you for that. And, and earlier when we were talking, I, I failed to mention the name of the podcast over in Wales. Again, thanks to your article. And that's Stu's, S-T-U-E, Stu's podcast. And, uh, and it never ceases to amaze me. There's a young man that just reached out from Australia that wants me to do the podcast. And it's, it's very humbling. And, and God, I'm a fir- you know, I, I will say this. Um, this is something I haven't shared in, in a long time. Uh, I was, when we, we were, you know, not only the poor part of the story, but I was also a very sickly sick, S-I-C-K. I was very sick when I was born. To, uh, and again, because no electricity, no running water, and that, no doctor. The doctor was in another town and village. Uh, it was actually a midwife that delivered me. And they were so worried I was going to pass that they went and got the priest and they baptized me right there in the house. And the priest grabbed his son, who was like seven or eight years old, and his son became my, my godfather because, it, you know, you needed to have a godfather. And, um, but you know, that was 66 years ago. And here I am. God saved me for a reason. And I'm a firm believer that uh, I'm going to continue to do good things until that time comes. And the good Lord says, Georgie, it's time. But until that comes, every day is a blessing. And I, and I will continue to uh, enjoy every moment and help others have a great time by coming to VCW this Saturday. April the 30th, and see some amazing wrestling by guys who pour their heart and soul into it. And we're also working, by the way, I'll do a little tease on having, it's not going to be at this show, but I'm working very hard. We talked about going out there and scouting uh, on having some young ladies come in. And it's been many years since we've had uh, uh, female wrestling. And so we're going to have a couple of young ladies come in and wrestle for our fans of VCW. And hopefully that's going to happen soon. So stay tuned. Well, I can't think of a better outro than that, Benny. So uh, Absolutely not. We're, we're for the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. I'm Dan Spasciano. Thank you again to VCW Commissioner George Pontas. He said it April 30th in Norfolk, Virginia, the best indie fed in the Atlantic region without question. I would argue one of the best in the country. VCW April 30th, George Pontas, Benny Scala. I'm Dan Spasciano. Have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time we're in the ring. Good night.